0: for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals.
1: My name is Sharon Milliman, and I am gonna talk to you today about my second near-death experience, which is my biggest, deepest near-death experience. And what happened was in 2005, I was sitting out back on the back stairs, behind my house and it started to rain and I'm talking on a cordless phone and I heard thunder and then a loud crack and the lightning bolt I saw it come out of the sky and it hit my right arm after it did that it passed through my body and it traveled underneath the house and it hit the transformer in front of our house rendered our neighborhood without power When the lightning hit me, I felt this burning, searing, agonizing pain. And that lasted for only a minute, but it seemed like eternity. It was so painful. And then all of a sudden, I'm peeling up out of my body, just peeling right up out of myself, like peeling a banana. And... I found myself going into the house and at this time I did not know I was dead. So I'm walking through my house and I'm in the kitchen and I look around and everything has a burnt gold look to it. And as I'm looking around, I see the curtains on the windows by the sink and I notice that those curtains weren't my curtains. I continue to look around and I notice that the I had gone into the dining room and I noticed that the dining room furniture was not my furniture. Then I went into the living room and I noticed that that furniture was not my furniture. And I heard this old-time radio show playing. It sounded like something from back in the Waltons. And I couldn't find the radio. I didn't know where that sound was coming from. I was very confused at the moment, and I was—I had no idea that I was dead still. And I didn't know that was my house, but I didn't know whose furniture it was. I knew how to get around in the house. The rooms all looked the same, but the furniture was all different. And just about the time that I started to panic, there was this huge, huge, loving presence that was with me he filled me full of just the deep deep sense of love and compassion and i was no longer afraid and he it felt like he just wrapped me in this blanket and and picked me up and we started moving very quickly sideways we did not move up we didn't move down we went laterally And we started moving very quickly through these beautiful pink and gold clouds. And as we got to the end of the clouds, there was this magnificent garden. And just as we got to the entrance of the garden, there were these two young men that stepped forward, and they were wearing a very expensive linen clothing uh lounge pants and an open shirt but for them to show me the weave pattern it was it must have been very important it was an expensive cloth it was a a herringbone weave that they showed me and at first I thought that they were angels because they were just literally glowing and then it hit me But it wasn't, they weren't angels. They were my two brothers who had died when they were babies. And I was only a baby myself, so I didn't, you know, I'd never met them. But it was an instant knowing. And as soon as they smiled, it was like, oh, my God. You know, they looked exactly like my dad when my dad was a young man. And we had this wonderful family reunion with the hugs and the tears. And it was, I was so happy to see them. And I kept telling them that they looked just like dad and that dad would be so proud of them. They both had longer hair than my dad did. And it was a darker blonde with this color, like my hair color, going running through their hair. And they literally glowed. So, as the, we were talking and, you know, hugging and having our reunion, we were walking further into the garden, and I noticed that I could feel the grass on my feet, and it was soft, and I could the air was sweet and crisp, and the colors were so rich and so vibrant, like the pinks were pinker. The reds were redder. The yellows were just brilliant, much more brilliant. And then there were colors that I didn't even have names for. And as we're walking further into the garden, I noticed that there was a whole bunch of people that gathered around me. And they were from all different time periods. Some of the women were in these beautiful gowns. And some of the men were in fancy suits. And then there were other people that were dressed in different types of clothes. Some were in like lounge type wear. Some were in what we would like jeans and what we would wear today. They were from all different time periods. And I knew who they were. And they knew me, but I didn't know where I knew them from. Everyone that I saw was glowing. They were literally glowing, sort of from the inside out. And I didn't see anyone that was over the age of late 20s, early 30s. Um, There were no old people, no sick people, nobody crying, nobody in pain or suffering. Everybody was, their skin was, was rosy and they were healthy and strong and absolutely radiant and everything and everyone seemed to have this glow about them and it was as everybody was gathering around me this huge loving presence that was beside me moved from beside me to behind me and then my two brothers were one on either side of me And then all these other people gathered around. And it was time for my life review. It was like a screen had come down. And I was watching this old-fashioned movie on an old-fashioned movie reel. And it was moving very quickly. And it was my life from the time I was a baby until the time I died that day in the backyard. And I watched it and it seemed like it was over really, really fast and I had no sense of judgment. I had no sense of, of anything except I thought it was really short and I thought, wow, something's missing and my life must have been really boring because that was over very quick. I'd always been taught that there was judgment and that did not happen, there was no judgment. I was just loved so completely and I was so accepted and I had never experienced any of that before and it was just such huge love and so I learned God didn't judge me. That huge loving presence that was behind me was what as I knew was God. And then my brothers and all of those people, they just loved me. There wasn't anybody judging me or condemning me or anything like that. And so I had even asked my brothers, what's missing? Why did this go so fast? Why, you know, because I'd always been taught that there was judgment and there wasn't any. And so I was surprised and I didn't judge myself. God didn't judge me and nobody else did. And so it was just over. And then... I heard a male voice say, "What you put out into the universe will come back to you," and then, and I had never heard words like that before, so I didn't know what that meant, you know what that meant. And there was a, a sense of like I was hooked up to a giant IV bottle of knowledge. It was like having one aha moment after another. I was being infused with this divine wisdom and this knowledge at that point. And I was in shock over it. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I kept saying this, oh my God, you are so awesome. You're so cool. Because he was showing me who he was, what he was, how the universe was put together. And that it was all very simple and we human beings make everything so complicated and it wasn't complicated at all and so i was just like oh my god you are so cool this is so awesome and i just kept saying that over and over and one of the things that was shown to me was what those words what you put out into the universe will come back to you what that meant and he was kind of showing it to me was using a boomerang and so I call it the boomerang effect so what you say and what you think what you do your actions go out into the universe spins and gains momentum and gets bigger and stronger and eventually that boomerang is going to come back and get you so if you put out love and you put out kindness and compassion and acceptance and all of those wonderful things, then those are the things that will come back to you. But if you put out lying and stealing and cheating and and all of those things, that's what's going to come and get you. And I remember saying, I don't want to get hit in the head with a boomerang. So that was a, a life-changing lesson for me when i came back i realized i need to really be careful what i say and i don't want to hurt anyone ever and so i'm very careful about what i say and what i do try to always act out of love and acceptance and tolerance and understanding and and those kinds of things because that's what i want to come back to me so then after that we continued my brother's my two brothers and this loving presence that was behind me that was just huge, just immensely huge. We were walking through the garden and I could see all the way around. I didn't have to turn my head. I could see everything. And there was no time in heaven. I have no, it seemed like I was there for weeks and weeks and weeks. But as I was walking through the garden, I heard this music And I realized that everything had a vibration. The leaves on the trees had a vibration. The grass had a different vibration. There was this magnificent stream that was flowing over the rocks and it sparkled like a million diamonds when the light hit it. And it was just beautiful. And I realized that the water had a different vibration and the rocks had yet a different sound. And the birds that were singing, they had a different vibration. And so when you put, each color had a different vibration. And when you put all of those vibrational sounds together, you get the most magnificent orchestra and choir. And every single thing was singing praises to God. And it it was so beautiful. I call it big music. Like if you put three or four or five orchestras together and you have all these stringed instruments and drums and tinkling bells and pianos and all of these different sounds. And you put all of those different instruments together, you have this magnificent piece of music and that's what it sounded like. Just really huge, big music, very complex music. And then I continued looking around and it was like a the most magnificent spring day. The the sky was this beautiful blue and there was I noticed there was a sphere in the sky. It looked like it might have it looked like the moon, maybe, or the sun without any light, because the light wasn't coming from a sun the light was coming from god the heart of god and that's what i realized when i looked around everything had this glow now my brothers had they were the ones that told me that i had died and i thought wow okay i can do this If with all this beauty and all this love and acceptance and and everything i thought okay i can do this and i wasn't afraid and when they told me I had died, I looked down the front of me and I could see my hair going down the front of me and I could see my clothes and I could see my feet. And I had a body, but it was a light body. It wasn't heavy or weighed down by the trauma of the world or gravity or anything like that. It was it was very light and very bright. And I was glowing just like everybody else was glowing. But I still had an identity, I was still me. I thought like me, I felt like me, I looked like me, only a better version. And I thought, okay, I can do this, there's no problem. And we just kept walking through the garden and I noticed this beautiful, what I call the glorious city. And it was kind of off in the distance to the left a little bit. From where I was standing, and there was a golden wall that surrounded the city, and that must have been the barrier. You know, I couldn't go beyond that point. And I saw buildings on the outskirts of the city, and they were made of the most beautiful alabaster, this white marble, and you very intricately carved. Um, there were archways and columns. I saw a place where babies and children go when they die. And there were, I saw children and there were various ages and stages and they were running around laughing and playing and they are cared for by people who have passed on before them, you know, relatives and angels and mentors and teachers and people that are specifically trained to take care of these children that have passed on. And then I saw another building and it kind of looked like a maybe a spiritual hospital of some sort. It was also made of all of these buildings were made of this kind of very intricately carved marble. But outside of this particular building there were healing pools, pools of of what looked like living water. And this particular building was for people who had call it a spiritual hospital if you will it was for people who had died traumatic deaths or suicide victims or you know people who died very quickly and there were also people there and angels and mentors and teachers and they were there to help gently bring these people to the awareness of where they were and what had happened and that they were loved and that they're okay. And and I realized that everything in heaven was very, very gentle. It wasn't um, harsh like we find here. I saw this other building and it looked like this magnificent library. It was full of books from the ceiling to the floor just a bazillion books on every subject you could possibly want to know. And the outside, again, was marble, but the inside looked like it had this deep, rich, mahogany bookshelves and ladders that you could move around, that you could climb up to get the books on the top. I mean, they were just—it was huge. (laughs) It was huge. And I called it the Hall of Knowledge, but I'm not sure if that's what it was really called. I saw there was another building. There was a party going on inside of that building. And there were women in these beautiful dresses. And they were like pink and burgundy and like a sapphire blue and emerald green and yellow and all of these beautiful colors, and they had jewels that matched their dresses. And then when I looked across the room, there were men in fancy suits, tuxes. I saw a man in the corner towards the left of the room, and he was sitting at this huge, huge, baby grand piano and he was playing and on top of the piano there was a crystal vase that had beautiful long stem roses and they were just spilling out of this vase and onto the piano and there was a golden candelabra on top you know sitting next to the vase of roses and some of the people in the room were laughing and talking and some were eating and some were dancing and the right side of the room, there were these tables that were just loaded with beautiful linens and there were huge flower arrangements that were the same colors of what the ladies dresses were and there was a candelabra on each end of the table. And there were silver trays, and on the silver trays, there was meats and cheeses and breads and pastries and fruits and vegetables and just everything you could possibly want to eat was all on these silver trays laid out on this table. And on the walls, they were a rich mahogany wall, and there were these paintings, these beautiful Very, they looked like very expensive paintings to me. There was a huge, huge chandelier. It was probably as, (laughs) chandelier alone was probably as big as my living room. And there was a pink plush carpet on the floor, and the floor was marble. And what I found very interesting was that there was a man who was carrying a silver tray like this. And on the tray were champagne glasses, and he was passing around champagne glasses for everybody. So this was a, a very happy party. It was a, a joyful celebration of some sort. After that, I, my brothers and I were walking through the, continuing to walk through the garden, and I was noticing the, the richness of the colors and the sweetness of the air and how clean it was. It was so clean that nothing like I'd ever seen before. And I noticed that there were these two houses. Well, now they were off to the right of me as I, where I was standing at this point. And they were up kind of high, you know, up higher than I was. One of them was sitting on a bluff and it looked like an ocean was below it. And I could see the waves coming up onto the rocks below this house. And this house was made of different colored stones. And when the light hit the stones, they would sparkle and turn different colors. There was another house that looked like it was within walking distance of each other. It was also made out of stone, but it kind of had the appearance of a, like a an English cottage, and it had a beautiful rose garden in the backyard. And these looked like personal dwellings, homes people would live in. And when I looked at the glorious city, all of those buildings were also made of marble. And there was a building in the center of the city that it was a big round building that had a golden dome. I didn't go into that building, so I don't know what that building was. I just noticed how big it was and that it was in the center and that it was had the golden dome. And then my brothers and I continued walking, and there was a grove of trees over in the corner. And people ask me all the time, what were the trees? And I don't know what kind of trees they were but I saw Jesus coming out of the grove of trees and he walked up to me and when he walked up to me my two brothers disappeared I have no idea where they went and so he smiled at me and I was just in awe of him he was so beautiful and he said to me and this was my first clue that I was going to be sent back but it went over my head I didn't pick up on it but he said to me I love you I'm with you don't be afraid and then he walked with me over to this beautiful wooded glen and there was a stream and next to the stream there was a log that was laying down on the ground and I could see the pine cones and the pine needles and there were these little blue flowers that were popping up through the pine needles and I sat down on the log and when I did Jesus walks away and there was a man sitting on the other end of the log and I knew that man was God he had this stick and he was kind of playing with the pine needles or doodling in the grass or ground or dirt or whatever and he looked over at me and he said What would you do if it was just me and you and i was like what i i didn't understand the question and he smiled at me and he said what would you do if it was just me and you and i still didn't get the question so he smiled at me again and he stood up and he said come with me so i got up and we walked further into the wooded glen and there was a clearing And at the clearing, he kind of waved his hand. And when he did that, the sky kind of opened up. And I could see the vastness of the universe. I could see the rainbow-colored gases and the spinning planets and the sparkling stars. But there weren't any people. There were no trees, no cars, no houses, nothing. It was just all of that. And... I remember feeling that, you know, this was huge, this was huge and it's empty and there's nothing in it. And so I looked at God and I said, no, because if it's all of that and me and you, you would be tired of me after the first 10 minutes and you wouldn't like me anymore because of all of my questions and my chatter. And he threw his head back and when he did, his eyes sparkled like diamonds and his laugh was very infectious and so I started laughing at myself and I thought, oh my word, <laughs> what a thing to say to God, you didn't tell God no. And so I was kind of embarrassed at my reaction, <laughs> but he was laughing and so. As I said, his laugh is infectious, so I was laughing too at my silly response. So we went back and we sat back on the log. And he asked me again, he said, what would you do if it was just me and you? No parents, no husband, no children, no friends, nobody, just me and you. Well, I I still didn't know how to properly answer that question and so I'm looking at this beautiful oak tree that was in front of me, and it was probably a bazillion years old, you know, it was huge, and I noticed the detail of the bark, and I noticed the roots beneath the ground, and I could see the roots pulling the nutrients out of the soil and the nutrients go up through the tree and into the leaves. And I could see the veins and the life-giving veins in the leaves and that the nutrients and the light provide food for the leaves. And the leaves clean the air and we breathe the air. And so everything is connected to and very dependent upon everything else so it doesn't matter how tiny god's creation is it's very very important to all of creation and i noticed that and i said to god i said and i I don't know why i said this because i've never read the quran in my life i don't never picked it up i've never seen it i don't know anything about it But for some reason, I said, God, your hundredth name in the Quran is God is everywhere, God is nowhere, and God is in me. And he said, yes, that's right. And then I said, God, you made this tree. You are in this tree. So when I see this tree, I see you. He said, yes, that's right. And then I started thinking about my parents and I said, God you made my parents you are in my parents so when I see my parents I see you and he said yes that's right well then I said the same thing about my children and then I started thinking about certain people who had been very cruel and had hurt had hurt me in my life and I said God there are people in this world that are very cruel and they hurt other people I said but you made those people. You are in those people. So when I see those people, I see you. He said, yeah, that's right. He said, now I have a question for you. And I thought, oh, oh my. So he, he asked me, he said, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? And I I kind of put my hands on my lap and kind of looked down because my answer I knew was not the right answer that you give God Uh, my answer normally would have been just me nobody else just me that's it but I didn't think that that was the proper thing to say so I said God you made me you are in me so when I look in the mirror I see you and he was so happy he was like yeah that's right that's right and His eyes just sparkled. Uh, They were the bluest blue I had ever seen. And they just sparkled like diamonds when he smiled. Now, when I saw Jesus, his eyes were brown. God's eyes were blue. And when I said that, God was letting me know, I don't make mistakes. I don't make junk. And you are not all of the things that the people on this world has told you to believe you are. I had my whole adult life, I was told I was fat, I was ugly, I was stupid, and I was believing it. And God was saying, no, I didn't make you that way. You are not all the things that the world tells you you are. And it was such a huge revelation in my mind that I was not. All of those things that God did not see me that way and it just was like spinning in my head you know it was so huge of a revelation for me and then we talked a little bit more and then these two angels came over to me and they did not have wings they were in these beautiful ornate dresses and they took me to this very calm lake It was like looking at glass, and I leaned over, and I looked into the water, and when I did that, I could see the earth below, and I saw future world events. I saw things happening on the earth, in different parts of the earth. I saw lots of terrible weather changes, volcanoes and and all of that, earthquakes and tsunamis and all of that kind of thing. But I saw really dark clouds, or what looked like clouds, over top of different capitals of the the governments in different parts of the world. And then I saw riots and people overthrowing governments. And I saw a lot of activity that surrounded or was as a result of the 9-11 attacks. women and children being used as sh- human shields. I saw the people getting cut up. I saw just bombs going off everywhere in different parts of the world. I was shown that our money system is going to collapse. In fact, the angel said that our money is not worth the paper that it's written on. I was showed golden coins being used to purchase things and was told that eventually we would be going back to the barter system as we did years ago. And there was a lot more, but basically I didn't understand why I was being shown this and I didn't know what I was supposed to do about it. The angels said that these things do not have to happen. That it is human collective selfishness that is causing these things to happen. And humankind can change. If we change, these things will not happen. But so far, we haven't changed, and the things I saw have happened. And then, after that, I was sent back to my body, and I remember waking up next to the stairs, and the stairs that I was sitting on had char marks, black char marks on them where I was sitting. And the phone I was talking on was... Charred black and it was across the yard and when I got back into my body it was the most painful thing it was horrific just that burning searing agonizing horrible pain that was in my arm and going across my chest and I have medical documentation of I have a right bundle branch block in my heart and I have a seizure condition from the lightning strike This whole experience had such a huge impact on my life. Uh, When I came back, I was no longer me. I was totally and completely someone else. And I had I spent like six months in what I call a pink bubble. It's that oneness, that total and complete oneness with God. It was like I still had a foot in heaven and a foot on earth. And I know that uh, you know a lot of people talk about you. you can't see the face of God without burning up. <laughs> yes, because it says something like that in the Bible. But I wasn't alive. I was dead when I saw him and and yes, he is spirit and he showed me the face he wanted me to see. He can show himself as anything he wants to. And he chose to show me this particular version of him because it was what was comfortable to me. If he'd have showed me a burning bush while I had just got struck by lightning, I would have took off running the other way. <laughs> and there would not have been a discussion. Or if he just showed himself in any other way, he he knew me so intimately that he knew exactly how to appear as a loving, caring, compassionate man. And so he did. And so I wanted to cover that and that I didn't burn up and die because I was already dead. And that he taught me that he loves each and every one of us exactly the same as if we are the only one he ever created. And I learned through that, that whole conversation with him that it is just me and him or you and him or your friend and him. Each one of us, it's all about our personal relationship with him, that's it. Everything else, where we are very a very small part of his creation, we are very important to all of his creation. But he loves each and every one of us as if we were the only thing he ever created. Another thing that, that I learned was that if he thinks about us 24 seven, every moment of every day, And if he stopped for one second or one instant, we would just poof as if we never were. And so we can hold on to the fact that he does love us every single second but every single day and because we're still here and that every life has a purpose and that he doesn't make mistakes and he doesn't make junk and he knows what he's doing. And we're here for a reason. And we are loved. And he is not, I always thought he was just some old guy sitting in a corner with a long black, you know, long white beard. and Checking off black, in his little black book, these check marks of all the things I did wrong. But that's not the God I met. He was so compassionate and funny and loving. And not a word was said about what I did wrong. What he was trying to get me to, to think is that, you know, he held me as precious. He holds you as precious. All of us as precious. And we're loved every second. And we're here because of that love. And in his eyes, he does not see us the way the world sees us. And I needed to change my viewpoint and not see myself as the fat, ugly, stupid person that everybody was telling me that I was because he didn't see me that way. And that beauty, real beauty, comes from inside. Physical beauty fades as we get older and it will with everybody. And eventually, we're all going to die. But it's only the body that dies. It's we do not die. We stay who we are. I did not lose my identity at all. I was still me. I still looked like me and felt like me and thought like me. I was still me and my identity was important. And so was everybody else's identity important. And they were still who they were. And that's what our individuality is important. So that's basically, that's it.